This is not financial advice, by the way. Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Dustin Nation, and in this episode, we'll be talking about some departing player news. Uh, we'll be reliving that 3-1 loss to the Galaxy, talking a little bit about North Texas SC, and looking forward to Saturday's match against Portland. Here with me is uh, our favorite fill-in host, uh, Jonathan Ross. How's it going? What's up, Dustin? And and just so people know, I, I've actually put in a... A one-time transfer to the SKC podcast. I'm just waiting on uh, league approval. So, uh, sorry, sir, you're cap tied. Oh, I'm cap tied. It's too late. Yeah, too late. Uh, okay, well, you know, that's. Yeah, I was. I was looking forward to joining the No Other Pod, which is, uh, you know, the SKC uh, local pod. But is I guess, really I guess, it it, re- it really is a thing. If you guys but, are just but, stuck with me, I guess then. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are worse people we can get stuck if, stuck with. Speaking of which, Nico Mendez is here with us, uh, our own local liberated electron with his quirky names. How's it going, Nico? I'm doing pretty good. I'm all I'm all sportsed out from this past weekend, so I'm feeling pretty good. Hey, your, your Mexican team was in in uh, action, and then you had North Texas. You had you had quite the week. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Argentina Messi got it done. North Texas oh, got go. the El Plastico win. Uh, Mexico got a 0-0 draw. Maybe not the highlight, but Novak Djokovic won his 20th major title. And then you got uh, Italy winning the Euros. So pretty. Do good, you even pretty... have time for science anymore? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you should switch to sports science. <laughs> There's always time for science. <laughs> so, 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 so were you having a two-screen it on uh, Saturday night with NTSC and uh, uh, the Mexico game going? Or I uh, don't mean to brag, but I had three screens going. <laughs> big time yeah you had the big argentina time. game and then the north texas game and the mexico game dang <laughs> dang gina well, it's, it's a good thing nothing was really happening on that mexico game so oh i would disagree i think just the first 10 minutes was uh well i guess the 10th minute mark was pretty 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 scary stuff yeah uh a nice awakening to Concacaf, but this this is not a Mexico podcast, unfortunately. It's yeah. Well, we better skip right over that, uh, and let's skip right over that right into some FC Dallas news. Jonathan, you have some uh, some news for us about Tanner Tesman. Well, I mean, the we talked about Tesman last week, so that that he was making the the move. I think it was it was rumored at that point. I don't. I still don't know. Have we seen anything officially official? I think that. I mean, he's. Uh, he's gone, but I don't know if I've actually seen the club itself uh, announced that, that he's, uh, yeah, nothing official, been, official, but like yeah. there's reports of him actually in Italy at, uh, was it Valizea? Let's hear, we'll go look it up. Uh, Ven- Venezia, Venezia. Yeah. So he, he's, he's actually there versus, you know, last week when we, we talked that he was at Jake's burgers, he actually was you know, hanging out before, uh, <laughs> well, before quite the, a, quite the a match. change. That's right. Quite, yeah, you never, he, might, he could be having a burger there too. Who knows? But uh, uh, so I mean, we, we talked about about Tasman. I think that uh, the, the thought is it's 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 likely a positive move for him. It really just depends. You know, a player anytime they're making the the jump to Europe, it's all about getting playing time, getting that exposure. So 
assuming that that his agent's doing the right thing and he's having the right communications and you know talking with the with the coach on that side uh ho- hopefully this works out well for uh for Tanner and it's it's uh probably a good piece of business for uh, for FC Dallas and a few more bucks in the in the Hunt's pocket yeah that the 3 million plus is not a small amount I was listening to the MLS Assist podcast this this afternoon, and uh, our friend Joe, friend of the show Joe Lowry was talking about, you know, is this a good move for Tanner? And I think the consensus that they had is we don't know yet, and we won't know, but it's always kind of makes you nervous when a player makes a a move to a uh, a newly promoted side that you don't really know what you're going to get. They could get relegated right away um, and get you know, pretty much trounced upon and he's basically going to be playing defense like the whole match, every match, you never know. Uh, so it's kind of a big question mark on, on what that, that situation could be, but hopefully it turns out good for him. Um, then speaking of getting a transfer to a newly relegated side, Thomas Roberts is on, on the move as well. Yeah, so I think that the reports right now are, is that he is going to to go to the uh, Austrian Bundesliga uh, for a year. So it's going to be a, a loan to uh, Klagenfurt, I would assume is how you uh, how you pronounce it, at least uh, how I would pronounce it. Um, I mean, I, I think this is one where uh, he's got to make a move, right? So he's he's been here for a few years when he does go down to NTSC, at least recently, he's, he's kind of bossed it. I think he's, I think we all agree he's too good for, for that level, but he's playing uh, or not playing for FC Dallas can't even make the 18 or 20. Um, and so it's, it was bound to, he needed to make that move. I think there were some reports early in the year that he had picked up an injury may have prevented him from doing uh, some of the loans. Like we saw with the, uh, uh, Sylvania spent some time obviously earlier this year uh, on a, on a short term loan, uh, so it's it's good news for Roberts. It's it's a one year loan. Uh, he's going to go there and, and hopefully uh, he's. I mean, it's not like he's going to get uh, less playing time than he's getting here for FC Dallas. So, uh, and I mean, it's I think it's a step up from USL League One. Uh, from a competition perspective, I think it's still a lesser league, right? No, it's a lesser league than what uh, the competition is in MLS. But Thomas has to get some confidence, has to get out there and uh, show his wares. So I think overall, it's 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 a good move for him, um, and I think it's something that we've all kind of talked about for a while that we thought at some point Thomas was gonna gonna make a move, make a loan, because um, it just didn't make sense for him to stick around FC Dallas for another year. Sure, I think I remember, and I. I, I hated that I can't remember the source, but I do remember seeing somebody say that this move was actually has been in the works for, uh, was, was in the works in the winter, but his, his injury kind of delayed it. So, um, definitely, definitely good for him that he's gonna get, get that move to Europe. I know he was, he talked on the 19th minute podcast quite a bit about wanting to get that Bayern move. Um, uh, maybe this is a, a step towards that. Nico, are you going to miss Thomas Roberts with with North Texas? Yeah, no. You, uh, <laughs> I just realized I start all my sentences the same way with the yeah, no, very high pitched. The um, the contradictory. Yeah, you are the contrarian <laughs> of the pod. It's uh, definitely you know got to challenge everything. Um, 
it will be <laughs> it will be a shame to basically see Thomas Roberts go. I think um those who've kind of been around the club for a while who've really watched this kid come through both the academy, spending time under Lucci, then with Oscar bringing him and then now back with Lucci again. Um kid has a lot of potential and if I think it's unfortunate that he, if uh, assuming this loan does happen and uh, a transfer does end up happening, I think Dallas fans might classify this a little unfortunate that it just never kind of transitioned over to the first team. Um, just a really talented kid overall. I just don't know if the environment or perhaps the timing was correct. But for for him himself, I think it's uh, all the players just want to play. So hopefully, hopefully he does get play time. Yeah. Uh, and in my turn to be a little bit of a contrarian, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not so I'm not one to to like slag off players. Um, I have watched him in training, and it's very clear that he's not at the level of the other first teamers that are starting every uh, every week. And you know, I didn't seem like that they were willing to invest in playing time in him to get him there. Um, so I am happy that he's going to get an opportunity to get to that level. Um, I just, I don't think that he was at the level that a lot of people think that he was at here in, in, in Dallas already. I think he's, he's got the potential, but he's, I don't think he's there yet in like the reason why he's not making the squad. I, I is, I think he's just not there yet. And it's not like I don't. There maybe maybe there's more to it, but um, from what I've seen in, in the the times that I've visited training, it's 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 pretty evident. So, um, but you know, maybe something good will come of it. He'll come back, and then like he'll, he'll make some progress over in uh, Austria, and come back and and prove me wrong. There, there's always that hope. The uh, I think he's he's one of the people that you know, as FC Dallas has been bringing in more and more kind of veteran people in the midfield. That's that's kind of been the trend over the last few years. Uh, it's 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 tough to work in people like Roberts, especially in in a position where it's more of a creative role, uh, where you got somebody like Andre Andres Ricarte, right, who's uh, you know inexperienced, uh, has played pretty well in the league, and he's you know on the bench right now. Right. And so that sends a message to somebody like Thomas Roberts that they're now kind of third string at best, right? At that position. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's time for, uh, for him to make a move. And yeah, best wishes to him. And hopefully we'll see him in a year or two and uh, he'll come back and play for FCD. Here, here. All right. Well, let's, let's shift our focus to the match against LA Galaxy in LA. It was last Wednesday. LA Galaxy came away with a 3-1 win. Goals from, uh, I'm going to butcher names here, uh, Ravelison, Cabral, and Zubak. Uh, but FC Dallas was able to to pull one back through Frank O'Hara, his second, third goal of the year. Less than Pepe. I think that's second goal. I think he just second, has yeah. the one PK, right? That's right. I think it's his second goal so of the year. I think first uh, kind of in the run of play. Yeah. So, and, and off of a Jesus Ferreira assist too. So, you know, um, it was one of those games. It definitely felt like it could have been more than three goals, uh, for, for LA. And it's kind of, it was the scoreline kind of deceives how close the game actually f- like felt as you were watching it. Um, 
But before we get into, you know, kind of some of the meat of the game, let's talk a little bit about how FC Dallas started. There were some unfamiliar faces in the lineup uh, to start the match with uh, Emma Tuomasi playing on the wing and uh, Sorio got an, uh, another rollout in, in front of the D and kind of like a dual six with Acosta. And, you know, I guess maybe not an unfamiliar face, but um, a welcome a welcome sight was uh, uh, Ricardo Pepe getting a start over over Hara again, which is was the music to a lot of fans' ears. So what do you guys think about that kind of that that – Two mid, two defensive midfield formation that, and the players that that Lucci rolled out against LA Galaxy. Nico, um, the two defensive midfielder uh, situation is a little bit interesting, right? Um, and just the FC Dallas midfield in general this season has been interesting. Uh, I know that Brian Acosta kind of drew a lot of criticism this game for his performance, but. I mean the guy. The guy's with his Gold Cup team now. I'm I'm sure his mind is on. Hey, I'm gonna represent my national team and try to do as best as I can there. Possibly trying to prevent any injury coming on, but um, it, it's it's just uh, it, it's weird, right? A lot of people have been. I, I think the biggest thing is when you have a drop off in the cost of performance, you're kind of leaving Edwin to do a lot of tracking, a lot of covering. Um, so credit to Edwin for really, really picking up, um, and having a strong performance given the circumstances. Um, but you just miss that kind of linking, that linking, uh, linking part, you know, Jesus has finally, uh, cemented a position in this nine ten role, uh, just playing underneath Beppe. Um, and that, that combination is going extremely well for the, for the club. So it, it really, when you when you have when you bring in Facundo, right? At, I mean, granted, what the scoreline was and how the game was going, um, you are trying to pre- trying to prevent any further damage. But um, you you kind of do a, a lot of it is you want to have that defensive six, and then you also want to have some sort of linking the uh, the the glue, as Oscar Pareja used to say. So um, I think that would be kind of a Something to watch going forward is who's going to play that six role, and then who's going to be that eight, that that glue for for the team in these coming games. Yeah, I mean, Lucci Gonzalez likes to play defensively on the road. You, we've seen him roll the five man backline multiple multiple times. He doesn't have the personnel to roll that five man backline, so you can barely put out a, a back four at this point with uh, you know going and win with Tafari, um, and you know having not having Hollingshead playing in the back line. So there's, there's not much he could do as far as the back line to shore up things defensively. So what's the next best thing is to protect that back line by adding another player in front of it and try to shore things up. Um, You know, with Mick, like I think your, your point about Acosta kind of maybe his, his performance being, affected by the impending gold cup matches was is interesting i didn't even put two and two together to think that that might have affected his mindset or his his the way he played approached that game but you you're right he wasn't there breaking up passes like you normally would see or what we've seen so far this season with the excellent games that he's put in so uh jonathan what what do you think overall went wrong (laughs) in this match I think there's a 
a couple of things. Well, one was the, the well, maybe I've got three, so I've got a, a trifecta of issues. <laughs> um, so the first one you guys already mentioned, which is just the team was overrun in the midfield. Uh, so the, the, the team never really managed, even with um, Acosta and Edwin in there in, in, in the first half. Yes, they made the switch, but the, they never really felt comfortable. Um, and I think that impacted, obviously, uh, you, the huge number of shots or opportunities that L.A. was able to produce at the beginning of that. And I think at the beginning of the match, and I think part of that as well is um, making, this, making the switch and bringing in Emma at the wing. I know that many of us were like, interesting and somewhat excited because we've been asking for for a change because you know we just haven't seen anything from from Hader um but what that does i think on the offensive side is it really doesn't give that that offensive pressure or release point that they've shown with that formation the last couple of times they had it and so you know LA Galaxy was really able to just kind of sit on uh on Pepe and on Jesus uh, and I don't think that they really had to worry about, you know, Tomasi hitting them on a counter or threatening. And so it was, it made from a defensive perspective for, for LA, I think it made it a little bit too easy for them to defend against in the first half. Yeah. No one, no one to keep them honest. Uh, exactly. And I, and I think the combination of those two things really you know, made the, the whole first half very lopsided. Uh, and the third thing I think is just player mistakes, right? And this is this was a, this is a theme. Defensive player mistakes has been a theme. What almost every game it seems like, right? For for FC Dallas, yep. um, and at some point you just got to figure out, you know, what it what it is that's happening. And I, I just I I don't know if it's I'd hate to say empathy from the or, or uh, apathy from from players or uh, you know constant changing of formations and people not really understanding how to play with each other and other personnel or, or, or what it is. But, um, it seems like many times in these losses, we're just seeing people make blunders that just don't make any, don't make sense from a professional MLS club over and over and over again. You, you kind of write it off when it happens once or twice, but that's, this was, this was a game that, um, FC Dallas basically gave away to the galaxy. Yeah. I think Nico, uh, made a hit, a hit, what did he say? Hit the hit the hit the hit the head, nail, hit hit the the head, head on the nail. Hit the head on the nail. <laughs> uh, a couple weeks back, maybe it was even I think it was two weeks back. Whenever he was talking about you know just the the plethora of things that the players are being asked to be responsible for at any given moment, and when you've got that that kind of complexity to to your system, you have to have you have to be able to be on for 90 plus minutes and the, the one moment you let off or you get distracted or, you know, you're mad at something. And so you don't pay attention, uh, is when, when you get burnt. And I think we've seen this, like you said, almost every game, there's somebody has a little bit of a let up Obreon in the box, Tessman, um, in the, in the box, you know, it, it's just, it's it's tough to be on for ninety plus minutes, and with the level of complexity and the, the amount of things that these players are being asked to do, and the times that we've seen them kind of dial things back and play more simply, but the times we've seen them the uh, kind of a, a a reprieve from those errors. 
it's a good point. Uh, I will kind of, or I do want to say that um, a, a lot of it is we kind of talked about just the how systematic this team is, especially kind of with play out of the back. Um, but uh, and, and we've talked about just like you were saying, Dustin, these individual errors. I mean, the second goal with Acosta not tracking his runner, the third goal with Ryan Hollingshead with that um, unfortunate headed back situation. But um, <laughs> I, I think the first goal highlighted something that possibly hasn't been d- discussed enough is that was just a weird uh, marking situation. Um, From the set pieces. On yeah. And in, in, uh, assuming that uh, a viewer of FC Dallas or the listener of this podcast doesn't um, go pretty in depth into the tactics. I think a lot of people will kind of point to, and that's interesting how Nikosi is just kind of standing there. Um, it, it, it was kind of a weird setup on how to defend yeah, that corner. Like, yeah, Nelson ended up marking the goal scorer, yeah, but which, then kind of like got muscled down. Yeah. At the moment of impact. I mean, if you, if you want to, I, I watched that clip Kevin a couple of times to understand what was, what, what was the defensive idea behind that? And, yeah. Um, you, you see a lot of guys marking players that are the same height. That makes that makes sense. Um, but it was just weird how, I guess, how Ford Jesus was a bit. Um, I can kind of understand it just in case they play a short ball. Um, but Nkosi, ideally, you would want to have someone on your front post, which Nkosi was doing there. But he kind of moves forward into, okay, am I going to defend? But then kind of moves back to cover the front post. Um, and this is not this is not a critique on Nkosi. I think that... Uh, you should switch Nkosi and uh, Johnny Nelson there because, I mean, Johnny Nelson and the guy he was marking were roughly the same height, but Nkosi has that higher height advantage. Um, it, that was just weird decisioning from on how to decide uh, to defend that corner. So, yeah, it's a, so, kind of indicative of a bigger in general thing. have kind of been an Achilles heel for Dallas this season, both defending and creating opportunities off of them. Maybe we I need think, a higher set piece coach. I, I think I think defensively, I mean, hopefully it's something Lucci's seen is going to be working on. But defensively, I think that it is one of the things that's been impacted by this huge personnel shift on the back line. Um, is that they've got a lot of inexperienced players, right? That uh, are not used to to playing together and might might not know the the marking system as well, or maybe haven't practiced together as much as if it was, you know. Uh, you know, Ryan and Martinez and Hedges or somebody back there, right? Some a, a, a core group, right? Because I think we've seen this now a couple of times with uh, this since we've switched up the back line. RFC Dallas has so that's that's another thing I think to consider when you're looking at that is just the the experience of the personnel um, and maybe set pieces is just something they haven't worked a lot on. Yeah, I mean there are plenty of problems that they're going to have to take care of. And maybe that's just kind of lower down on the list. Maybe they're worried more about, you know, creating opportunities <laughs> and trying to get the ball from the back of the field to the front of the field. So any any other things kind of stick out to y'all on this match that you want to cover or talk about before we, we move on? Put this in the rear view mirror like we're going to do a lot this season. <laughs> Franco Harris scored. Ho! Good thing or bad thing? I mean, goals are good. Yeah, goals are good. Yeah, I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, well, now he's going to go get the start, right? We're gonna, <laughs> he's going to take away from Pepe. Yeah, goals goals are good. Hara scoring a goal is good. He needs 
but this team needs that, right? So um, yeah. I'm 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 not going to complain, even if it was uh, a bit of a you know it's it was a well executed goal, right? But it was kind of in in a time period where the galaxy kind of yeah, yeah. that kind of galaxy had kind of let off for sure, right? I think that uh, you, you could definitely tell that in the second half. Um, but hey, yeah, a, a goal is a goal. Uh, yeah, it was well, a nifty bit of footwork to get around the keeper, but I, I texted Tristan <laughs> right after that that goal. I you 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 had to wonder with as little oomph as he put on that ball whether it was actually going to make it across the line before somebody cleared it because <laughs> he's it just was going so slow. <laughs> but well, hey, you know, you're you're right. A goal is a goal. Um, I, I'm happy with Hara in this, like, come on, try to be a difference maker role and let Pepe get the start. Um, Hara seems to have a lot more drive and fire underneath him in this role than, as, than he did, like, as the blessed starter. You know, like, he's got the holy water on him and, and he's just chilling. Uh, but now he's got the fire in his in his, in his his belly and... Um, you know, you can, I, I can see a difference in his play in this role than, than as a starter. So I'm, I'm happy that he got a goal and hopefully he gets more. Oh, for sure. I think it is a little bit of a weird role. I mean, you have a nearly $3 million striker coming off the bench. Um, but I mean, Hey, you, you gotta make do with kind of the circumstance and, uh, to, to be fair, um, just to everyone, it's, we, over the course of the season, we've talked a lot about a hey, the stories, the defensive backline, and it's a lot of individual mistakes. And um, yeah, it's part of that. But when you take a step back, um, it's not really necessarily, at least to me, um, kind of surprising how things are going. Uh, to to be fair to Lucci, a lot of it is uh, a matter of circumstance. There was kind of a lot of things that have led up to the type of season that FC Dallas is having right now. It's not so much of hey, why is this happening and everything's going to crap. It's it's a lot of things that kind of slowly have built up to the position that the club is currently in right now. And I personally think that um, it, it's it's Lucci's having a really hard season. Um, uh, I. Yeah, sure. Maybe another manager might be, we might, FC Dallas might be sitting a little bit higher in the table, but there's a lot of things that kind of have led up to this moment. So it's not entirely on Luchi Gonzalez and the players. Um, But, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we record a podcast every week. So we talk about what's most recent, but sometimes you do have to take a step back and it's a lot, a lot of things did kind of lead up to this. Yeah. Nico, you can save that for the season recap. Uh, Right now, we need to be angry in the moment. Uh, it's my job to be. That's not, that's not how podcasting I, I, works, Nico. I, re- I read them. No, 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 no. This is so not. Dustin's already convinced <laughs> that that you'll be talking about Lucci still at the season recap. Oh no, I I will one hundred percent say that um that I I don't think the Lucci out things is entirely justified. <laughs> well, let's let's um. I think we should have that discussion, but I think we should have it maybe on a, on a different episode um, when there's not North Texas SC to talk about. And, and this brings us to the the part of the show we like to call Nico's NTSC 92-second check-in with North Texas SC. Ready, Nico, are, are you ready for this? No, I got to grab my little timer. 
man, 92 seconds. I got I got super lucky last week, and and we're back there's, to my there's a, there's uh, a lot going on with plan. NTSC. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm we, should, we, should, we should have done a 92 second FC Dallas update. I was about to say, I mean, I like the way you think. <laughs> this early into the podcast, and we're already talking about North Texas. I mean, man, 92 seconds. I, you're stalling now, Nico. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to pull up my timer. <laughs> <laughs> I got you here. Uh, but while we're talking, you know, because it's 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 only semi uh, NTSC related. Do we ever think that Eddie Mjoma will? Uh, play for FC Dallas again. I know he played for NTSC, but um seems like uh seems like the club has maybe given up on him a little bit. I mean he's, he's he went from starting to not making the 18 to playing for NTSC. Uh he's you know he's an older he's an older homegrown player, right? I know he was only signed last year, but he that was after yeah. four years of college. So um no, I think that he'll still play a role. I think of, I think of him kind of like Jacory Hayes in that, like the, the way that he his kind of career went, where he had some ups and downs, and then ultimately a down, um, and then never could recover, and then and then moved on. I, I can see Minjoma doing that. I can also see him turning it around. I mean, there's some obvious, like, plus side to Minjoma. So oh, I, I think so too, but I think that this was the, the, the club had the opportunity to really invest. And I thought that's what they were kind of doing with, with him, not invest monetarily, but invest from minutes on the field. Right. Um, and they were doing that with Majoma and I think trying to grow, grow, grow that right back. But, uh, you know, it's three or four matches in a row where he's, he's not even on the bench. Um, and then kind of first, first appearance for NTSC. So I, I, I I do wonder was was kind of nice to see uh, see him play on Saturday night, even if it wasn't for the for the first team. For sure. So, Nico, what did you see? Wait, are we ready? It's gonna start the timer. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do ninety two seconds, and then we'll we'll have a little discussion afterwards. All right, are we ready? We are ready. Go. Yeah. Um, North Texas. Oh, the music. <laughs> North Texas C played their El Plastico rivals um, against Ford Madison. Um, you know, having a results wise and up and down results coming back from the international break, but a lot of positive momentum. Um, and you really saw it in this game with Ford Madison occupying the sixth position, the last spot for playoff qualification. And North Texas just got off to a great start. Um, early second minute goal from Gibran Rayo. And then uh, it, really the floodgates open. You got two goals within the first half, a little drop off towards the end of the first half. But in the second half, club picked it right back up again, um, coming with two more goals. Uh, noticeably, Freddie Vargas was playing. I know it, uh, North Texas SC <laughs> hinted at that earlier uh, in the day, but um, Freddie Vargas did have uh, quite a bit of an impact throughout the entire game, the entire time he was on the field. So over, overall, it was definitely a much-needed win for the club, uh, given just how the results had gone. Uh, not so much as for the confidence, but it, it's always good for their standing. So they did jump up to the 10th spot. Um and, you know, they have an opportunity this coming Saturday against the Chattanooga Red Wolves to get a second consecutive win at home against a Red Wolves team that did take away uh, points from them at home. I want to say it's like either their yeah. third or fourth home loss. So uh, big, another yet another big game at Globe Life Park. 
Boom. Ooh. Right on time, man. Point six. Point six seconds left. Wow. <laughs> the precision of a micrometer. Um, yeah. Chattanooga is a bit of a bogey team for the for North Texas SC, aren't they? Um, like, it feels like they're well, always beaten. The, those two teams really go back and forth each other, right? Um, at least in three home games, the results are split. So it's been one North Texas win, one Chattanooga and North Texas draw, and then this year with Chattanooga getting their first road win. So when you look at the history between the two clubs, it's been back and forth. But Chattanooga currently sitting in third, so... Yet another reason mm. why it's a big game. Important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, Nico, what what is the importance of all of the FC Dallas players that made that lineup? Do you think that um that we're finally getting into the kind of swing of things like if North Texas SC was in on their first championship year where they were able to pull in a lot of the talent from SC FC Dallas and then you know help them kind of push towards the end of the season and, you know, um, provide them an infusion. Whereas in the second year where they missed the playoffs there, they didn't have that. So do you think that that that's back? Are we going to see more of this? I can imagine that you will definitely begin to see a bit more of it. Um, maybe not in the immediate future with let's see FC Dallas having three games in just under two weeks, but, um, I, I think the plan definitely was in 2020, uh, pre-pandemic, was to continue the up and down movement. Uh, and then in 2020, they had to be extremely self-reliant on a pretty limited roster, just given the whole pandemic situation. And this year, now that it's eased up, um, you see you see those players, right? So you had, uh, I want to say, five FC Dallas players, four in the starting lineup. So Khalil Medikar, Eddie Manjoma. Uh, Colin Smith, who's on a year-long loan to North Texas, Freddie Vargas, all those guys getting the start. Nikki Hernandez coming off on the bench. Um, FC Dallas's first-round draft pick. So, yeah, you you see the FC Dallas players coming into the game definitely having an impact. Um, it, you you do see a, an intensity and a quality change when those guys are included. But um, I think that is something that coming down. Uh, the length of the year and also depending on how the FC Dallas season goes, you would hopefully see more FC Dallas players that do need minutes, at least competing with North Texas. Yeah. There was some speculation on like why Vargas was included in that squad. Far as I can, as far as I know, and um, was able to find out it's basically just playing time. Um, There was no like hidden agenda there. Just, he just needed some playing time. And the team was off this week, the weekend. So it was a good opportunity for it, for him to get on the field and get some minutes since he sat out for a couple, for a couple matches. So, Oh, for sure. Um, you know, face value, a lot of people were saying, Oh, wow. Vargas is looking gassed. Um, and that's really what a lot of it was, is to get Vargas playing, uh, some competitive minutes. I mean, he's only played 15 competitive minutes since the beginning of June. So it's nearly just about a month and a half without getting any sort of minutes. But interestingly, he also was playing a little bit more centrally. He drifted a bit more into the field. Um, If you want a good analogy, think of Jesus Ferreira kind of also playing in the attack, playing off of Gibran Rayo, who was playing as the striker for this game. Um, But then also kind of coming in, winning the ball, then carrying it up, trying to uh, combine. So uh, Freddie Vargas did have an impact in all the goals 
earning uh, one assist, I believe, off the top of my head. So he put yeah. in a really good shift. Uh, even though the fitness wasn't there, I think he he demonstrated really well. And for an FC Dallas player of his skill, he he did dominate at this level, which is what you do want to see. Yeah, and and you saw the the team fiddle with having him in the cent- in a central role, like a central midfield role, in the preseason some. Uh, and, you know, ultimately they ended up moving him out on the wing. But what we also saw in the preseason was Freddie Vargas bossing around USL sides and then not able to put put it together against MS, MLS sides. Uh, so, you know, it's fitting that he goes to the USL level and bosses it. I mean, you, do, you would want him to do that if you're – I mean, any of these MLS players, you want them to be the best the best players on the field for North Texas. Oh, for sure. I mean, I want to say he did have a good game against uh, San Antonio FC. So you said USL competition. I'm trying to think of <laughs> what it was, but I yeah. think uh, Austin FC. This is to our striker overlords. Um, that was a little <laughs> a, jo- a little jab towards them. Most well, of I them mean, are Austin folks. So I mean, come on, you, then, Theo, then that's you, for you. you got, <laughs> then you got to throw in Houston for oh yeah, uh, Houston. Victor's sake and <laughs> yep. Oh, well, if I remember right, actually, the Austin FC didn't they play like all like their second team for the first yeah it was their second piece? team yeah yeah. So cool. All right. Uh, well, let's let's turn our gaze towards the weekend. Saturday, FC Dallas has a late night match up against Portland in Portland on that good, good Pacific time match start. Uh, I believe it's nine thirty uh, Central Time is is when that will kick off, and it, they're going to be facing a Portland side that's also got some struggles, but. Also, is it going to be a stronger Portland side probably than they faced the first time around? I, I would assume. I mean, it's 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 always a tough matchup for FC Dallas. There, they're, they're missing. I think Portland's going to be missing one player for Gold Cup. Uh, they've got uh, Eric Williamson, who's off for the U.S. Men's National Team, so we know he won't be there. But um, overall, in FC Dallas in Portland on turf, uh, it's doesn't usually work out well for uh for fc dallas and especially with the way that the club's been playing this year however uh we do know that fc dallas is going to be wearing those uh those blue jerseys so i think that's uh it's going to be an automatic win for them what have they won every game that they've worn the blue jerseys because they only have two wins i know they've won the two games they that the two games they won i know they were wearing the jersey okay i don't know if they won it other than that all right, so 100% of our wins have been in blue jerseys. And so the chances of us getting a win in the blue jerseys are higher than those of the red. I mean, ask Italy. Exactly. They wore blue. There we go. All right. Sorry, English fans. <laughs> you can address all English hate mail at our liberatedelectron.gmail.com. <laughs> For sure. That's my official work email. Um no, but, you know, to put things a little bit in perspective, right? Uh, Portland sitting in ninth, FC Dallas sitting in 12th. Only only uh, two points separate FC Dallas and Portland. Um, and FC Dallas is just four points away from being tied for a playoff spot. So, again, it seems like the world's coming to an end for in, in North Texas. But um, 
things are a little bit closer at this current moment before they completely get out of with out of reach. But yet again, it is Portland in Portland. So we see this. We see, I feel like we're seeing this every week. Where oh, but we're we're only ex, you know two or three points out, and I I'm I've been trying to keep that perspective myself. But I've I'm we're saying it too much, and at some point that's just going to get out of reach. I mean, th- this this parity that we're seeing right now is going to shift out throughout the season. The good teams are going to you know rise to the top, and then they're going to pull away. And FC Dallas has got to start start keeping up and start getting some points per game. They're at 0.92 points per game, uh, and that's that's just not going to cut it if they want to make the playoffs. And it's got to get better. Or they're just going to this like, oh, we're only four points out of the playoffs. No, that wasn't making fun of you, Nico. I, I say it too. That wasn't my Nico impersonation. <laughs> well, Nico, uh, Nico's just trying to be overly optimistic, right? Because I mean, he even, he even, he even when we went through last week the upcoming road games, he was he was giving FC Dallas like a like a tie or a point at some of these matches, like LA Galaxy. So, I'm all about the averages, right? It's just it's all about the mean. <laughs> and, and, no, unfortunately, it's the FC Dallas like... is a, yeah, they're below. They're a little bit below average, my friend. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think that way. I, I think Tristan the taxman will appreciate this, right? It's like, it's like when you when you have stocks, right? And it's a bad loss, but it's not an actual loss until you decide to sell. So I mean, your account can be like negative ten thousand, but it's not really negative ten thousand until you decide to sell. Well, you know, uh, I guess that's the hunts thinking. <laughs> well, I mean, true. Then it lowers your taxable income, and then you pay less taxes. This is not. There you go. This is not financial advice, by the way. Yes, please do not follow our stonk advice. All right. Well, with that, let's, let's wrap things up here. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Dallas Soccer Show. You can find us online at, at dallassoccershow.com, at thestrikertexas.com, on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. We love to, to hear from you guys. If you think we're wrong, if you think we're right, if I was too mean to Nico just then, uh, let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter. Uh, For Jonathan Ross, for Nico Mendez, I'm Dustin Nation. Thanks so much for listening.